Day 26, Americans held hostage behind enemy lines. I know the mob, the media, they want to ignore. I mean, imagine if it was you, someone you love, a friend, a neighbor, a relative behind enemy lines. And and there are so many good people that are working so hard behind the scenes and on the ground to save American lives. One of them is not Joe Biden. Our own government, our own State Department said, yeah, we're not even if you get permission for a private charter, don't land. You don't think you can land in the U.S., No, you're not allowed to land. You're not allowed to land here with American citizens that are hostages. We're getting them home. But you can't land here because, okay, well, we have to vet the other people inside the plane. We're we're capable of doing that. And then if you if another country needs our sign off, we're not going to give it to you. Never in my life did I think this would be unfolding in America. We got a lot to get to today. We expect uh, Joe Biden to mumble, fumble, bumble his way through another incoherent, you know, speech. He's practicing right now, is my bet, inside the Oval. Or at some point today, there'll be numerous practices, you know, reading this speech over and 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 over again. And and the list of people, if he does take questions. If they allow him to take questions, I'm not supposed to take questions. I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to take questions. They tell me I'm not to. You guys are making me. I'm going to get in trouble if I take questions. I got to go. Oh, Mike's off. But anyway, if he does take questions, we'll see. By, by the way, I, I have been, I shouldn't really talk about myself. I got to vent for like 30 seconds. I have been poked. I have been stabbed. I have been prodded. I have been, I, more. I probably have had, 10 needles thrown at me in the in the last 24 hours for crap. Just stupid stuff. Nothing that is, you know, life-threatening. Just medical stuff that you never want to do that your doctor makes you do. And I am in a foul mood over it. I can tell you that. I don't like it at all. If, it, if I ever get to the case, the point where it's like, I got to go through that hell of being in a hospital and poked and prodded and jabbed and stabbed and forget it. Just send send me home. I'll go I'll I'll go home. Well, I've read enough near death experience books to think that, you know, I I I believe in uh, heaven. I believe in paradise and it'll just be my time. Why are you why are you all like in my ear like what is wrong with you? Because I don't listen. Like this being is poked. this is a very like uplifting touched. moment. I don't like being stabbed. I don't like being jabbed. I don't like any of it. What? I mean, this is you know, it's a great way to start three o'clock. You know, it's wonderful. It's, no, because you know. I, well, one of the things because of my martial arts training, in part, you know, we do pain day, and you know, part of the pain day process is you, you stretch out your arm, and literally, people take a hammer punch and pound it to calcify your bones. And as a part of that, you know, your skin gets really tough. So it's not that easy to just find veins, apparently, in somebody like me. And they're like, they can't believe it. Your, your skin is like leather. I'm like, well, I don't know. It's not because of the gross. sun, because it's not like I'm out getting suntans any any day. Um, don't exactly live that kind of life. But anyway, I digress. Um, everybody that goes through the medical system at some point, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is a pain in the neck, and it puts me in a foul mood. But I'll tell you what does break my heart, and just to get back to what is important, and it's not me, but it does break my heart that we've left Americans behind. 
And I know many of you feel the same way. When I talk to vets that served in Afghanistan, they all feel the same way. They feel betrayed, let down. They feel like, you know, the question, why? Those that were there when, when friends lost their lives and, or when they lost their limbs and the, and the years of, of getting their life back to, to never to the level where it was, but to just build a new life with great difficulties and challenges that are, are now lifelong struggles. I have no right to complain about anything. And I just think about all of the blood at that, and, and our American treasure lost for what? We can't do this again, ever. You know, what happened on 9-11, Saturday is the 20th anniversary. You know, it, it, when we look at the 9-11 Commission report, it demanded that we, we understand what was happening. They were at war with us. We were not at war with them. Now we understand it. Now the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan, apparently getting aid now from China, financial aid, recognition from China, Russia, Iran, Pakistan, they're all, they're all now you know, just trying to fill the void of the U.S. and their precipitous loss, humiliating pullout, embarrassing pullout. And, and it couldn't have been done in a worse way. All of it was preventable. And, and now they're going to take full advantage of it. And now this becomes now, well, they were at war with us. They are now going to plot, plan, scheme the next attack. And what I'm really worried about, you know, the reports that I had yesterday, that we have unvetted Afghan citizens in the U.S. that we've flown here, unvetted, that are allowed to leave without any permission or supervision whatsoever. We don't, I mean, is it possible? It's probably actually likely that terror cells are are going to evolve and develop as a result of the lack of vetting of people into the U.S. Now, we did promise our Afghan allies we'd get them out. We have a database. We even have biometrics. Oh, that's right. We left that behind, too, along with uh, Apache and Black Hawk helicopters and drones and C-17s and C-130s, I guess, and the other 200-plus aircraft and helicopters we left behind. We, had, we would have had the ability in April, May, June, July, when the Taliban was on the march and Joe refused to use the bombs. The answer going forward, though, is simple. If you go back to 2001, modern technology, modern military weaponry that we have now perfected didn't exist. And this is how Donald Trump defeated the caliphate in Iraq and Syria. He bombed the daylights out of them. We had intelligence sources on the ground, well, you know, well hidden and offering the support logistically so that our drones, our military superiority could take over without Americans going door to door like they did in Baghdad and getting their legs blown off with IEDs. We can't fight wars like that anymore because we don't fight them to win them. You can't fight wars with Obama and Biden you know, putting handcuffs, rules of engagement on our brave men and women that are risking their lives. They've got to make split-second decisions. Who the hell are we to, to, to second-guess their decision if we're not over there in the moment when a, when a motorcycle is coming at them, as, as we've talked in, the, in, in one particular case, Clint Lawrence's case? Who, you know, who are we to decide? 
You can't win wars that way. We're going to fight a war and you don't have no intention of winning it. And you're going to allow it to be politicized like Vietnam and now Afghanistan. And then you're not even going to use the military superiority to push back the enemy on the march so you can safely, while you're in control, evacuate every American and every Afghan ally and take all of our military equipment with us, then what's the point of having it? But moving forward, that military superiority, we must maintain that great advantage. And this is where Democrats never want to spend a dime on the military and the advanced military weaponry that it will take to fight future conflicts and wars, and there will be them. And, you know, boots on the ground, banging on door to door, that's got to stop. We also need to know who our enemy is. You know, the idea that we have a secretary of state that is lecturing the Taliban on on the lack of, you know, inclusiveness in their new government is so ridiculously naive. Hey, Mr. Blinken, are you that dumb? They take women, teenage girls, young girls as as, quote, Brides, they steal them from their mothers and fathers and they turn them into sex slaves for Taliban fighters. What part of that are you missing and not understanding here? Subjugation of women? You know, you want to talk about mistreatment of women? They're not going to listen or be lectured by you. You not understand Sharia law as practiced by the Taliban Women won't be going to school any longer. They won't be going to work any longer. Young girls will be ripped out of their parents' arms and they will be turned into sex slaves. What part of this are you not not getting? You're dealing with terrorists. You think you have leverage? Tell me what the leverage is. Because they've got all the leverage. They're called American citizens that are hostage, that you abandoned. I'm looking at pictures of journalists that were beaten by the Taliban. Now, probably, I don't know these who these journalists are, but you have journalists arrested by the Taliban and other journalists under arrest by the Taliban, and we, we don't know about, about some of them, but Afghan journalists, yeah, we see pictures have been released. They beat the living Adam Schiff out of them. And I'll show you the pictures on Hannity tonight. They beat the hell out of them. Well, you want to lecture them on inclusivity and a free media and freedom of speech and freedom of the press next? Are you that stupid, dumb and naive about the enemy that you are dealing with? They don't care about women's rights. If, if you're gay in Afghanistan and they find out, they will kill you. They don't care about human rights. This is why when you fight an enemy, know your enemy. Don't see this through rose-colored glasses. I see, you know, it's it's insane to me um, that this could ever happen. Biden missed the deadline. Senator Marsha Blackburn and some others, Tom Cotton led the way, actually. They gave a, a deadline of 5 p.m. Tuesday to give a, the public a full account of every American left behind. You know why they didn't give it? Because they don't know. They don't have a clue. So we think it's under 100. Meanwhile, you know, Daryl Issa and all these, when I talk to congressmen and senators, they can name 150 people they're in touch with. In some cases, 
identified by Daryl Issa, around 500, not including their families, which makes it over 1,000. Then you've got the Taliban, a report saying, well, they might allow dual nationals, including Americans, to leave. They've been on the tarmac for six months. And the Afghans that were also on the plane were ripped off the plane. And what I'm hearing is, if in fact they're in the database that Joe left behind, along with the military equipment, or they match up with the biometrics, they're being pulled out. My guess is they'll never be seen or heard from again. They're done. That's your enemy, Mr. Blinken. That's who they are. Know your enemy. And if you're going to go fight a war and risk American lives and treasure, our national treasure, our children, then you better fight the damn thing and win it. You know, there's still debate over Hiroshima and Nagasaki and Harry Truman. If you're going to fight a war, win it overwhelmingly as quickly as you possibly can. Or don't go. That's different than a strategic strike on a particular area. I am, I am disgusted beyond words at what's happened. So Biden will talk about COVID. Let's see if he talks about the Americans he abandoned today. My guess is he won't. We'll continue.